Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, and cryptid podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. Happy December, everybody. I am still kind of shocked it's already December. Yeah, time flies. Honestly, it does. November was gone in a blink. Yeah, it went really fast. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, Yeah, your birthday month's over. <laughs> I guess so. Um, Danielle's obviously unwell. Shocking, I know. I'm Still. always healthy, you guys. This never happens. Yeah, what the hell? Have you like talked to somebody about that? I was literally at the doctor coughing my face off and they were like, nothing i think you've been sick for like a month straight um the cough didn't start until our trip so hmm. um i might have been sick before that who, who knows at this point yeah it's just all blurring um together. one of my students that i work very closely with that's a kindergartner found out he's got pink eye so now i'm freaking out about that so i have until tomorrow if no symptoms show up i'm i'm in the clear but i'm very nervous i mean of all things to have pink eyes like not the worst um my boss told me that it's actually a new variant of covid and it's literally ripping through the school district right now like so it's not pink eye it's covid it's yeah it's like a new yeah like a new she called it a new variant that's what the news was saying she said but i'm assuming they'd still just give you like eye drops and yeah um i have to use like a lotion um so last time i had pink eye i was in like high school maybe junior high and they gave me the eye drops and i had an allergic reaction to them oh so then i had it in both eyes so i have to put like a it's like a cream on like my like eyelid where you would put mascara or not mascara um eyeliner eyeliner. interesting yeah so it was Um, terrible then but now that i've put eyeliner there for so long and i don't even blink so yeah i had a interesting day yesterday you did i was gonna ask you about that I don't know what the fuck happened. I got up to because I judge high school dance team in the winter. So I had a meet yesterday that I was supposed to go to to judge. Got up, got ready, took serious out to go potty. And my door that I went out locked behind me at some somehow. So I wonder if like it, it looked like it was unlocked completely and it just wasn't. And you like bumped it right and it's just locked behind you yeah i don't know i'm not i don't know how, i don't know what happened it just i got locked out of my house and called my father in a panic because i gave my mom a key to the house when i moved in and of course that was nowhere to be found so wasn't able to go to my meet uh, i had to give them i mean i feel that's what i feel bad about is i just like fucked all the other yeah officials over because i, I couldn't that. make it but it is what it is things happen finally was able to get into my house i think dad was able to drill the lockout around eight maybe last night yeah it was pretty late yeah so i was homeless all day (laughs) it's a fun way to put it yeah it was well it like literally i didn't have a purse i didn't have an id i didn't have money i didn't have car keys i didn't have a jacket i didn't have a winter jacket oh i didn't have anything that sounds terrible so yeah did mom come and get you or like what how did that so really quickly i just i was asleep for most of it i called dad because i figured he'd be up so he's who i called first and i was like bawling my eyes out because i was panicking and he was like oh 
I was like, you, I gave mom a key. You have a key. She's like, he's like, well, what's it look like? I'm like, I don't know. Go ask mom where she put it. It looks like a key, dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so then he came down and he's like, mom didn't know what key it was. So we literally brought every key they had in the house. Are and you so we serious? tried every key. None of them worked. So then I, me and Sirius went back up to mom and dad's. Yeah. Cause I heard you guys come and then I came then upstairs and you were gone. We found more keys so then at that point mom drive drove me back down here and okay. me, mom tried those keys still didn't work so then at that point i just went back up to mom and dad's for a while and then i had plans yesterday evening and afternoon so um she gave me money oh uh, obviously i paid her back but yeah, and that was nice she, um i had a set of car keys at their house so she drove me back here i grabbed my car and I went at least you plans, keep it, uh, your spare keys at mom and dad's that's smart do you want me to take a i have a bag for you to take yeah okay so yeah moral of the story is uh, keep a key outside your house and like a key lock box yeah because i have an extra key it was just on my car keys which uh, were in my in house. The house yeah oh god that's that had to be so frustrating it was i was trying to like kick my door in and then dad yelled not he didn't yell at me but he was like he, like scolded you he's like don't do that that would cost more than it would to like replace the door than it would be to call a locksmith and then i had a friend who actually had to call a locksmith last year around this time on a weekend so mm-hmm. i texted her because she lives in the area and i was like how much did you have to pay for your locksmith and she was like four hundred dollars oh my god and i was like nope <laughs> what a racket she's like it took two minutes and it cost me four hundred dollars so i was like yeah no i will not be doing that i will wait for dad to figure it out oh my god so yeah there we go that was my hectic saturday but yeah no kidding um moral of the story is yeah have several keys yeah and give one to Allie and John. Yeah, give I have one to some. me. Give one to mom and dad. Mom and dad have one. I'll give one to you and I'll give one to Allie and John. Yeah. So everyone will have one at this point. But. I have um mine are glittered, so I know whose key is whose yeah. on my keychain. So I've like one for our house, one for Al's house, and then I don't know if Al knows I have one for her house still. She does. She does. Okay. Yeah. Because she told me to keep one yeah. at one point, and then she asked me to give it to mom later, and I was like, well, I'm going to just make another one and give that one to mom. So, there we go. Um, anything else we want to talk about? My story, story is kind of short this week. Good, because so. mine is long, oh. and I was, so, it's like 1,500 words. Okay. Well, then let's get so, into mine so yeah. we can get this done. Um, okay. Wow. Don't sound so excited about doing this. <laughs> I have things to do. I know. And I, I fucked you over because I had the wrong time. Sorry. It's fine. Um, so we are coming into winter time. Obviously we're in winter time. It's technically not winter yet, but I wanted to do a winter story. Ooh. So, um, we're snuggled. We're ready. This podcast or this episode is about the schoolhouse blizzard. When the first time I had heard the story about it was, <coughs> excuse me, actually on the Stuff You Missed in History class podcast. I think I know this one. Probably do. Yeah. Because I also like that podcast. Yeah. Do they don't, do they keep, I thought they stopped putting out episodes. So I stopped listening to it a long time I ago. I stopped listening because they started doing like a behind the scenes. Oh. And I hated them. And so I didn't, I didn't stay subscribed. Mm. So then I just kind of forgot, like they would like go through how they found all their stuff and like with the research. And I was like, I just don't care. Yeah. Like if you're going to do something that's so off topic, do a different episode feed. Right. 
So I, I don't know if they're still doing them, but that is, it is a good it yeah, I mean, there's in some really interesting yeah, they, stories in there. They had so, some really good stories. Maybe just scroll back <laughs> to like, well, this one was from 2016. So we know it was good around that time. So maybe just scroll back and listen to them. Yes. Then. But so, yeah, we're going to be going to the Great Plains. It's not really one specific state. It's like South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota-ish area. Okay. That would make sense because that's so, all our weather kind of interlocks. Um yeah there we go so we're going to go back to january 12 1888 um the day before january 11th had been a typical cold winter day in the midwest with temperatures hovering in the negatives in the morning and the mid-teens during the day um, but on the morning of january 12th the people in the midwest had woken up to a very pleasant surprise and the temperatures had increased to the mid to upper 30s and even 40s in some areas so that wow, was like a, that's nice for January. Yeah, that was a general increase of about 20 to 40 degrees. Um, the winter of 1888 in the area was a particularly bad one, being extra cold and snowy. So I think both you and I can relate when I say when they woke up and the weather was like sunny, bright and warm. People were like stoked. Yeah. And they were like, finally. I'm just thinking about last year, how we were like, it's been winter for 75 years. Uh, now, because the winter had been so bad and snowy, people really hadn't been able to get out of their house as much. So children hadn't been being able to make it to school for weeks. People hadn't been able to get into town to get provisions. And some people hadn't been able to make it to the far parts of their properties to do chores as well. So the area, this is, was like, actually, I'm going to keep going because I think I get into it a little bit. But okay. So when they woke up on January 12th and it was pretty warm, people jumped at the chance to get out of their homes. Children do. finally were able to go back to school for the first time in weeks. Farmers were um, making it to the far side of their 160 acre farms to do those chores. And of course, people were venturing into town to finally pick up supplies that they desperately needed at this point. Many of them um, were leaving their houses dressed down to, to, due to warm temperatures um so leaving their houses you know maybe not with their gloves or warmest coats and yeah hats again and as you do right? boots and all that well i'm gonna assume they probably still had their boots on because there was still snow but right yeah okay so the in this time this was a relatively new settle settlement like we had just started moving our western okay expansion at this time so um and there was the basically one of the presidents was like if you move here we'll give you 160 acres oh um and a if settlement you, yeah deal kind of yeah. situation and if you stay for x amount of years mm. then you can keep it like for free God, what are those called it was like a something pro- pro- proclamation proclamation what? i don't remember what it was but um no document no taxation no just kidding <laughs> yeah so it was uh people in this area were not used to the weather they were not used to how quickly things can change like we Midwesterners are today. Um, so keep that in mind. At the same time, uh, or at this time, people got their weather from the Weather Bureau, which was managed by Brigadier General Adolphus Greeley. The forecaster was Lieutenant Thomas Mayhew Woodruff, and he was located in St. Paul. Although... Lieutenant Thomas had predicted snow for the day of January 12th in his weather bulletin that he had put out on January 11th. So he put them out. I think he's, they said they put them out around like midnight 
March. Okay. Between January 11th and January 12th. Okay. And people must have stayed up to like read them or read them first thing in the morning right. or whatever. Um, so he he did put that in there, but he also um, printed that it was supposed to be warm, followed by snor- snow, and then temperatures would drop, but not like a crazy amount okay. or anything. Just, you know, your typical... It wasn't going to be 40 anymore, but it right. also wasn't going to be negative 40. Okay. Um, okay. So because he didn't see that the temperatures weren't going to drop to anything alarmingly low, he did not issue what they called a cold weather warning. Mm-hmm. That's what they called them at the time. Okay. Uh, basically, that would be where... Mm-hmm. Telegram places stations yeah. if there was like a warning or a weather warning they would like fly a certain flag and okay. that would tell the people that there was you know some sort of this flag color means so this, kind of like with um fire sure you know how they have yeah, like the yellow high well- yeah sure yeah okay um so he didn't issue one of those at this time but um when he got back to work the following morning of the 12th, he did see that the weather he had predicted seemed to be coming true, but the cold weather on the backside of the snow he predicted was way colder than expected. So around 10.30 a.m. on January 12th, he finally did issue that cold weather warning for the Great Plains area. Problem was there was a issue with um, the messages weren't being reached for like several hours. Uh-oh. Some of these places didn't even get the warning until like 1.30 in the afternoon so like that's a good chunk of of time also if you think about it 10 30 a.m many people were already out of their homes for the day right and not receiving or seeing these bulletins or even if they did see it they were already out and they were like fuck you know they didn't have what they needed right so all of a sudden mid-afternoon so around like 3 30 ish i read a storm exploded with the storm came rapidly falling temperatures, 60 mile an hour wind, and heavy, heavy snow that drifts up to 15 feet in some areas. Um, people who were in the area at the time described the storm as, quote, a dark heavy wall built up around the north, or this is how they described it, sorry. A dark heavy wall built up around the northwest coming fast, coming like those heavy thunderstorms, like a shot. In a few moments, we had the severest snowstorm I've ever seen in my life, end quote. A farmer in Valley Springs, South Dakota, described the blizzard's arrival as the following, quote, about 3.30, we heard a hideous roar. At first, we thought that it was the Omaha train, which had been blocked and was trying to open the track. The storm came in as it had slid out of a sack. A hurricane-like wind blew so that the snow drifted high in the air and it became terribly cold. Within a few minutes, it was dark as a cellar and one could not see one's own hand in front of one's face, end quote. And this was happening in, like, like literally people were saying, like, a minute. Like, it was... Holy They crap. just, like, were watching it, like, so, come like, in, and then it was just there. So, like, a sandstorm. Just, like... Yeah. Oh, my God. A weather station in the area recorded temperatures of 44 degrees Fahrenheit at 2 p.m., negative 11 degrees fahrenheit at 9 p.m and then an overnight low of negative 42 degrees fahrenheit so that's a hundred degree temperature Holy difference in less shit. than a day yeah now with this obviously being right in that 3 30 time frame many people were still at work and children were still at school remember a lot of them without the winter gear or protection from the unexpected storm 
We also have to keep in mind that at this time, many people in the area, of course, were brand new and didn't really know how to deal with the region's weather. They also didn't really have the infrastructure to deal with this type of weather, and many people were still living in sod huts that they had first built when they moved to the area. This made an already bad situation worse. Now, the snow that fell during the storm was so fine, light, and icy that it actually made people's eyelashes stick together and freeze oh my god it was so cold and windy that obviously like people's eyes were watering and then the like it would just automatically freeze holy shit um and if their eyelashes didn't freeze uh together the snow was so thin um so thin and icy that they could barely even open their eyes to begin with oh my god this completely just oriented people pretty much immediately yeah um, and this was crazy too. It was actually so fine that it literally pelted directly through people's clothing and straight into their skin. Now, what happens when fine snow meets warm skin? It melts. It melts, which then would turn to soaking people's clothing. And be because it was cold, um, the their clothing would freeze. Oh my God. This sounds miserable. Yeah. The blizzard is called the schoolhouse blizzard, or it's actually, it's called the schoolhouse blizzard. It's also called the children's blizzard in some places. Okay. Um, because, again, many children had finally been able to venture into town to go to school that day, and the blizzard hit the area right around the same time that school was getting out or was about to be let out. Okay. Teachers in the area, many of them very young, like almost the yeah, same age as like some of their 16, students. 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, we're faced with the decision to either keep the children at the schoolhouse or send them home to their families before the storm got worse. Now, at the time, uh, many of the teachers relied on those weather bulletins that they got from the weather service. And because no cold weather warning had been issued before school had began that day, they didn't know how bad things really were about to be. A teacher in Nebraska named Minnie Freeman made the call to evacuate her students from a one-room sod schoolhouse after the door to the schoolhouse had been blown open and nailed shut twice and part of the roof of the schoolhouse was blown away. Oh my god. She believed that the risk to stay at the schoolhouse was greater than the risk to leave. She did manage to keep all of her students together and the group made it a half mile down the road before they got to the place where she was boarding at the time. The group was able to get shelter here and wait out the storm together. Wow. In what a her, hero. Yeah. And I, I guess her, I read too that um, in the Nebraska state capitol, there's a um, mural like dedicated to her. Oh, that, cool. Like, and it shows her like leading the kids through the snowstorm. So don't you kind of wish you knew that when yeah, you went there? Yeah, when I went there. Yeah. yeah. In Groton, Nebraska, men with carts and horses showed up to the schoolhouse to get students home. They managed to get all but one who turned back to grab a perfume bottle he had left behind. And when he came out of the schoolhouse, he immediately got lost in the snow. Mm. When his brother found him, he was already unconscious. But thankfully, they were able to rescue him. Oh, good. Unfortunately, though, many of the school teachers and students who did try finding their way home in the storm did not meet such a good ending. Most of them ended up getting lost and disoriented in the storm and ended up freezing to death before they would ever make it safely to safety or to shelter. Ugh. This was the same for many of the adults who had ventured out that day. There was actually a train full of people in Minnesota who got stuck in the train. And despite the townspeople's efforts to go and help the people, they ended up being trapped for three days. Oh, my God. There were also the people who went were, were at home but decided to venture out to try to find their loved ones who hadn't been home at the time of the storm. Many of them also freezing to death before they could find their family or shelter. 
One teacher at a shattuck literally had just left home, the home she was boarding at, to go pick up her paycheck. She hadn't even made it to the front gate of the home when the storm hit. The family she was boarding with yelled at her from the front door until their voices gave out, but she was unable to hear them over the force of the wind. Holy crap. She took shelter in a hay pile, surviving for three whole days to only lose her life after she contracted gangrene from after a series of amputations because she was she had frostbitten. frostbitten. Oh yeah. my god. The people who were lucky enough to survive the storms lost limbs, toes, and fingers to frostbite, and then many of them also lost their lives, similar to the teacher, um, Etta, after they would contract infections from amputations. God. The aftermath of the storm was bad as well. The cold weather that came after the storm lasted three whole days, which hindered the cleanup effort and search effort for loved ones. The train tracks in the area and the communication wires were all knocked out, which cut people off from any news or resources that may have helped them. And it took weeks for people to finally um, essentially dig themselves out of the storm. In the end, roughly 235 people lost their lives in the schoolhouse blizzard. Many of those were unfortunately children. One of my sources said 213 out of the 235 wow. were children. Um, but I only read that in one source. So okay. I'll, I that seems a little high in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just thinking of all the adults that were also out and about. Out and about. And, like working. And, yeah. yeah. And so I don't know for sure. But it was a majority children it sounded like. So. And that is my whole story. Wow, what a uh, what a downer. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is a downer. Um, they also were saying that at the time the the weather that we know as like a warm front, mm-hmm. you know, like a warm front pushes through, and then usually behind a warm front is something like this. Yeah, they didn't have that concept back then so when the warm weather was pushing through they didn't really understand like what was going on i said i think they said that um the warm weather front was introduced in like 1914 so yeah very interesting very sad um i mean it kind of reminds me of remember what was that last year that buffalo new york had that snowstorm where people were literally like trapped in their cars yeah was that last year i think so i think it was like, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. This does. It just kind of was, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. And, like, people were, like, digging out they were, like, the NFL players' cars. driveway. Is yeah. that that one, too? Uh, yeah, I think it yeah. was. But, you know, many people lost their lives in that snowstorm yeah. as well. So, people were, like, sleeping in the Target. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you, I would say things like this don't happen today, but obviously... Clearly, they do. They do, but... If you were to get trapped somewhere that wasn't your house or like a family member friend's house where would you want to be trapped a hotel (laughs) (laughs) preferably a nice one i would say a mall no because you've got food then you've got somewhere to sleep where are you gonna sleep um there's ashley furnitures there's couches there's stuff okay i think that's where i would want to be trapped at okay something to do yeah around um obviously a very sad story yeah crazy so there we go um like i said short and sweet oops i hit the wrong button my sources are um gilderherman.org uh weather.gov 
wikipedia.org, history.com, historynebraska.gov, and then um, I got some of my stuff from the Stuff We Missed in History class podcast. Okay. Just a few things, so, yeah. Um, I'm going to start coughing, so I'm going to do this quick. I can do them if you want um, me to. MW Madness Podcast at Gmail. That is also our Instagram. And Midwest Madness Podcast group on Facebook. 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 There we go. We <coughs> hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.